Blog Talk Radio. The opinions and views expressed by the host and guest are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Blake Radio Network. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world. Broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world. BlakeRadio.com. Music for your mind, body, and soul. Dr. Jennifer Daniels, and you're listening to Healing with Dr. Daniels on the Rainbow Soul Network and Blake Radio. Okay, it is Tuesday, November 11th, pretty close to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And tonight's show is about complex regional pain syndrome or reflex. Uh, neurologic dystrophy. Now, this is a disease that uh, they say is rare, uh, and with many diseases, it uh, has no cure, yet it is the province of doctors. So tonight I'm going to tell you about reflex complex regional pain syndrome, what it is, and how you can keep from becoming a victim of it, and if you are a victim, how you can uh, resolve your situation. So, uh, first I'd like to tell you uh, what prompted me to do the show show tonight. And as always, a listener wrote in, and a lot of times that gets the ball rolling. Those uh, topic suggestions to support at drjenniferdaniels.com and uh, maybe your topic will be covered. So here is the email. I wish I was good in writing English. I will sh- would share with you the journey. Two doctors do to us with complex regional pain syndrome. We are at their mercy. We are controlled. Tell we find someone like you who is not afraid to lose the lot than to live a lie. Yes, please go ahead if you can help anyone from the hell like you helped me. And get people out of their square box in the fear and misery we are put through. Please help them. I really believe there is nothing to live for when I could not do anything for myself. And for two years before diagnosis, the doctor told me I was depressed and antidepressant. I wish they could take that crap 
all it does is mess with your brain and it tells you how and which way to commit suicide. And then your children take turns to wash you, clean your home, and cook for you. Not a way to live your life. And the doctor puts so much fear inside of you. You don't have the upper hand, or so they think. I asked my neurologist after years of treatment, when will I get better? Never, he said. We have no cure. So all those nerve blocks and infusions, you now tell me no cure. And so I went on a mission. I found you, Dr. Daniels, and I finally got out of my box. And now I really believe besides breaks in our bones, it seems everything stems from parasites and bacteria, everything. Again, my lovely lady, thank you times a billion. You're sincerely happy person in Australia. Okay, so a very moving email. There's a part two, though, which I'll share with you at the end of the show. But this is a devastating illness. As you can see, this person had pain and debility so severe, her children had to bathe her, had to do her cooking for her and her cleaning for her. And uh, that's no way to live. And doctors will freely admit that they do not know what causes complex regional pain syndrome. Now, I went to medical school, so I have an inside track on this I can share with you. Now, when I was in medical school, the first two years were basic science. And basic science has been defining diseases and defining. It's like reading the rule book in football. You know, you spend a time reading the rule book, learning the rules, and you learn how to play the game. Okay, so they have the rule book. And so one day it came to my attention that old, the older doctors were coming back to the building that we were learning in. And the um, doctors were so excited to come back and learn the way to stuff. And they were paying $300. $300 was a lot of money back in 1979. I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. They were paying $300 for basically uh, a weekend of education. And so I uh, walked up to one of these older guys. He had gray hair. And so I got to chatting with him. I said, oh, my God, you young kids, you're so brilliant. You're so swift and, and, and so intelligent. And you can keep all this data together. I said, well, you know, so I inquired as to, you know, more clarification. He says, why XYZ disease, of course. I didn't even know that existed. And what I knew, again, because I'd been to medical school, because I had a superior con, uh, command of the English language, I could identify synonyms when I heard them, which he thought he was learning about as a new disease, was really a special disease that he had uh, learned about in medical school 20 years prior. And there had been no progress, whatever, in diagnosis, uh, treatment, or or cure. Or certainly no, no advancement in cure. Okay, so complex regional pain syndrome, this is uh, 2014, in 1992, I'm sorry, 1990, uh, that would be 24 years ago, complex regional pain syndrome was called reflex sympathetic dystrophy. And so what happened then is they took a disease for which they had no cure, no way of improving the patient's lot in life, renamed it. This created the illusion of progression of knowledge and increased 
ability and benefit to the patient through research when actually there was none. And so as this, as this patient's uh, moving story conveyed, uh, she went through nerve blocks, she went through antidepressants, all kinds of therapies, and um, finally, after exhausting her her patients and not seeing any results, she asked the doctor, how much would be do I get better? He said, oh, never. And this is what characterizes medicine, is embarking on a course of therapy the doctors do that has no chance whatever of benefiting patients. Now, if I took my car to a mechanic and he rattled around with some wrenches and whatever tools car mechanics use and did nothing to improve the car, we would call that fraud, especially if he accepted money in exchange for it. Not so in medicine. Not so in medicine. So reflex sympathetic dystrophy or complex regional pain syndrome, uh, notice it picked up a letter uh, CRPS, complex regional pain syndrome, instead of RSD, reflex sympathetic dystrophy. So they basically renamed the disease over a period of 24 years and developed more interventions, which we're going to talk about, and um, left the patient certainly no better off and possibly even worse off. Okay. Now, I want you to know, I can speak about this personally because I had reflex dystrophy. Yes. I had a whole limb that did not work. My left limb and my left hand. I had to literally, if I wanted to use it, I use it. I couldn't use it. I take my right hand and sit up and move it wherever I wanted it to be because I couldn't move it. Okay, so let's take a look. My favorite website is the Mayo Clinic website. We're gonna go with the Mayo Clinic website. Here we are. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I want you to know that the Mayo Clinic is the number one hospital in the nation, according to the U.S. News and World Report Best Hospitals Honor Roll of 2014 to 2015. How many know in advance by 2015? I don't know, but they have their ways. And so let's see what now I want to tell you. Uh, I had reflex sympathetic dystrophy. And I have had at least two patients with reflex sympathetic dystrophy. Um, so that lets you know how common it may or may not be. Um, I would also say in the course of my 10, 10 years of medical practice, I also had two patients with HIV AIDS. So we know that AIDS affects one in, two, one in 254 people in the United States. So that gives you a range for uh, reflex sympathetic dystrophy, RST, or chronic regional pain syndrome. So what does is, what is the Mayo Clinic say? The Mayo Clinic says, complex regional pain syndrome is an uncommon form of chronic pain. What does chronic mean? It means the doctor's therapy is ineffective. It means that the therapy does not work, hence the disease lasts a lifetime. That's chronic. Uh, an example of that is hypertension. Another one is diabetes. Another one will be arthritis, just so you have this in context. So it is a chronic pain that usually affects an arm or a leg. This is important. Only one, one arm or one leg, never both. Complex regional pain syndrome typically develops after an injury. Number one, injury. Surgery, surgery 
uh, is also an injury. I have news for folks at Mayo Clinic. Surgery is an injury. Person takes a scalpel and cuts the skin. This is an injury. You may decide it's a good injury. You may decide it's a bad injury. You may be opposed to it. You may be in favor of it, but it's an injury. So it's caused, it's caused after an injury or after an injury of a heart attack. The pain is out of proportion to the injury. Now we're going to talk about this. This is a pain is out of proportion to the initial injury. Then what does that mean? It means that you know maybe the patient's faking it. The patient's overly sensitive. Okay, so we've got the blame the victim thing going here. The cause of complex regional pain syndrome is not clearly understood. Treatment for the regional pain syndrome is most effective when started early. In such cases, improvement and even are possible. When it starts early, improvement and remission are possible. This is what the, what the Mayo Clinic says. We're going to go to .gov in a minute, but let's just see what Mayo Clinic has to say. Number one hospital in the nation. Remember, number one hospital in the nation. Okay. So what are the symptoms? How do you know if you have it? And don't worry, those of you hypochondriacs for listening, if you say, oh, my God, I've got it, hey, at the end of the show, we will get to the cure, so we won't leave you hanging. All right. So signs and symptoms of complex regional pain syndrome include continuous burning or throbbing pain, usually in your arm, leg, hand, or foot. So it's always the limb and always only one. Sensitivity to touch, to touch or cold. Swelling of the painful area. So I had all those. I had swelling of my, I had pain, I had swelling, sensitive to touch and cold. Changes in the skin temperature. At times your skin may be sweaty, other times it may be cold. I don't remember, it was a while ago. Yes, there were changes in my skin temperature, but it didn't get sweaty, it just changed temperature. Changes in skin color. Um, my stuff brown, that you wouldn't see that. Changes in skin color, which can range from white and mottled to red or blue. Changes in skin texture, which may become tender, thin, or shiny in the affected area. Changes in hair and nail growth, joint stiffness, swelling, damage, muscle spasms, weakness, loss, and loss. At least atrophy, muscles shrivel up. And decreased ability to move the affected body part. I certainly had that. Symptoms may change over time and vary from person to commonly pain, swelling, redness, noticeable changes in temperature, and hypersensitivity to cold and touch occur first. I certainly had that. Now, over time, the affected limb can become cold and pale and undergo skin and nail changes as well as muscle spasms and tightening. Once these changes occur, the condition is often irreversible. Complex regional pain syndrome occasionally may spread from its source to elsewhere nearby, such as the opposite limb. By the way, I mean, I've never seen it spread to the opposite limb. I've, I've seen it only uh, one limb. But then my patients who had it, we cure them. We let anyone hang out with reflex uh, sympathetic dystrophy, or regional pain syndrome. Okay. In some people, signs and symptoms of complex regional pain syndrome go away on their own. In others, signs and symptoms may persist for months to years. Treatment is likely to be most effective when started early in the course of the illness. Now, let's analyze this paragraph. It's important to understand what you're reading here. First thing it says, in some people, symptoms go away on their own. So if the symptoms go away on their own, when are they going to go away? They're going to go away early, right? These people get better on their own. So if you start therapy early, then it's more likely you're going to treat someone whose symptoms would have gone away on their own. Okay? 
So the reason for early therapy is you're more likely to see positive effects because you're treating people who would have gotten better on their own without therapy. Okay. In others, signs and symptoms may persist for months to years. Okay, so there's other people who have symptoms for months or years. And treatment is likely to be most effective when started early in the course of the illness. In other words, treatment does not affect the course of the illness. Okay, this is clear. So if you start treatment later, or if those who didn't get better on their own early on in less than two months aren't going to get better. So if you start therapy at three months, chances are the person you're starting therapy in is one that's going to be sick for many months and years to come. It's going to be a treatment failure for sure. If you start treatment very, very, very early, you're going to treat some of those people who would have gotten better even without treatment, and they can then be declared treatment successes. Okay? Got it. And so if starting treatment at the three-month point doesn't shorten the duration, then what you're saying is the treatment never did work. All you're doing when you start early is you're catching more of those people who would have gotten better or who were getting better on their own. Okay, so there's the paragraph, that, and that's how to read that. When to see a doctor. Okay, so you've got something here uh, where they've just told you medical therapy is not effective. So when to see a doctor. If you experience constant severe pain that affects a limb and makes touching or moving the limb seem intolerable, see your doctor to determine the cause. It's important to treat complex regional pain syndrome early. Okay, so it's very important to treat it early because if you don't treat it early, there's not going to, you're not going to see any successes. You won't see any successes because the people who get better get better on their own and they get better early on in the disease. And so you want to start therapy before they get better so that they will attribute their improvement to the therapy when actually um, it did nothing to uh, hasten their improvement. All right, so let's take a look at the causes. Complex regional pain syndrome occurs in two types with similar signs and symptoms with different causes. All right, so let's take a look at these. The first cause is also known as reflex sympathetic dystrophy syndrome. This type occurs after an illness or injury that did not directly damage the nerves in your affected limb. About 90% of people with complex regional pain syndrome have type 1. So these are people that have an illness or injury that does not directly damage the nerves in their affected limb. All right. Second one follows a distinct nerve injury. It's called causalgia. This one was renamed two, and they rolled them both into one. All right. Many causes of complex regional pain syndrome occur after a forceful trauma to an arm or leg, such as a crush injury, and that would be a type two. Fracture or amputation, other major and minor traumas, such as surgery, heart attack, infections, and even sprained ankles. Why are these minor traumas? They can also lead to complex regional pain syndrome. Emotional stress may be a precipitating factor as well. Now, I have an inside track on this, so I'll share it with you at this point because you might not find it in any of the today's uh, sources. Reflex dystrophy and chronic uh, regional pain syndrome occur after needle injections. That means they stick a needle in your arm to draw blood 
and that arm becomes chronically painful, it swells, and it gets uh, reflex, a complex regional pain syndrome, or reflex sympathetic dystrophy. Sympathetic refers, by the way, to a type of automatic nerves. These are nerves that automatically do, they have a job to do, and they do it automatically. They control things like sweating, they control pain, and they're automatic. They're not under the direct control of the conscious mind. And they handle all the automatic functions. For example, right now, as you're sitting here listening, um, you know, blood is circulating, the diameter of the blood vessels is being controlled by nerves, the flow of the blood, whether or not you perspire is being controlled by nerves, the temperature of skin is also being controlled. All these things are being controlled without your conscious effort or input, and that's the sympathetic nervous system at work. Okay. So it's so it's a documented fact that it comes after venipuncture or any needle injection, which is huge. So what does the doctor do with a sprained ankle? Oh, it gives you a, a steroid shot, of course. Steroid lidocaine shot, help with the pain. Uh, what happens with infections? Well, maybe you'll get the antibiotic in an injection form, an IV form. What happens with heart attacks? Everyone gets a heart attack, gets needles. They put you on an IV at least. Then they give you sub-Q heparin shots. So um, heart attack people get needles. Surgery. Well, surgery, of course, they may cut on the actual limb, which is a real uh, tragedy. And the other thing, again, when you go to surgery, you get the IVs. And so these are considered in the medical uh, community to be a minor trauma. Now, how did I get reflex sympathetic dystrophy? I was in the hospital for 16 days, uh, having a baby and numerous complications thereof, all iatrogenic, I might say. And I received over 16 needle pricks and IVs in my dominant hand, my left hand. Back in the old days, they always put the IVs in the left hand because, of course, everybody was right-handed. Ha-ha. So what happened then was after all of these Vena punctures and needle sticks. I was told, yeah, and I had reflex sympathetic dystrophy. I was told it was all in my mind. This was uh, a problem of my nerves that my hand was reacting disproportionately. In other words, I had had a minor trauma, just a little needle prick, with IVs no fewer than 14 of them, in the same arm. And this was a minor disruption, of course, to my nervous system. So they said, well, obviously that's absurd, it's ridiculous, it's a major disruption. And the other thing is that uh, when when blood is drawn, it's drawn generally from a vein, sometimes an artery, but generally a vein, uh, and the nerves run right next to veins, so, or, or, and the artery, so it's nerve artery vein. And so it's easy to hit a branch of a nerve or fibers of a nerve while going into the uh, vein. And so what the medical profession has done here is just totally let itself off the hook. Um, So they say it's not well understood why these injuries can trigger complex regional, regional pain syndrome, but it may be due to a dysfunctional interaction between your central and peripheral nervous system. So it's because your central nervous system and peripheral nervous system don't function properly, that's why you get this disease. It might be. So, again, blame the victim is what we see here. 
complications. If complex regional pain syndrome is not diagnosed and treated early, the disease may progress to more disabling signs and symptoms. These may include. So, in other words, if it's diagnosed early, the disease may progress. Then again, it may not. And it's very true. Hardly an overwhelming case for early diagnosis. Tissue wasting or atrophy. So if you avoid moving an arm or leg because of pain, or if you have trouble moving a limb because of stiffness, your skin, bones, and muscles may deteriorate. Muscle tightening or contracture. You may also experience tightening of your muscles. Okay, big surprise. How to prepare for your appointment. I want you to write down all of your personal business. Examples of questions you might ask your doctor include, what's the cause? What kind of tests do you want to do? Is my condition temporary or chronic? Of course, the doctor can't tell you this, right, because we just went through this. Some people get better on their own and others do not. We don't know who's who. What type of treatments are available? Huh, as you will see, tons. What are the alternatives to the primary approach that you're suggesting? Believe it or not, doctors are authorized to recommend hyperbaric oxygen for regional sympathetic dystrophy. I have these other health conditions. How can I manage them together? Is there a generic alternative to the medicine you're prescribing me? Are there any brochures or other printed material I can take home? What websites do you recommend? And no, you don't ask the doctor, is your therapy effective, right? It's not here. It's not, not, not in the list here. Is there a cure? Is therapy effective? That's not a question to ask your doctor. What to expect from your doctor? You can expect your doctor to ask you a whole bunch of questions. Okay. That's it. And you can expect your doctor to order a bunch of tests. Let's take a look at the tests. These are interesting. Bone scan. Now, uh, all I need to know about a bone scan is it involves taking a needle and sticking it in the person to give them a dye. What's that going to do? For reflex sympathetic dystrophy, you got it. It's going to make it worse. Sympathetic nervous system tests. Some of these tests require needles. What's that going to do? Uh, you're right. It's going to make the reflex sympathetic dystrophy worse. X-rays. Loss of minerals from your bones may show up on an X-ray in later stages of the disease. Well, who freaking cares? I mean, it's later stages and you haven't diagnosed it and you haven't cured it, so why X-ray to document the failure? And magnetic resonance imaging, images captured by MRI device may show a number of tissue changes. Again, what's it? What, how do you get an uh, MRI? You get a needle with the dye to help get better pictures. So just the testing can be expected to make the condition worse. And what are the medications? Improvements and even remission of complex regional pain syndrome is possible. It's possible. That's a pretty low percentage. Possible means not likely. So uh, improvement and even remission of complex regional pain syndrome is not likely if treatment begins within a few months of your first symptoms. Often a combination of various therapies is necessary. Your doctor will tailor your treatment based on your specific case. Treatment options include Pain relievers. You can take over-the-counter pain relievers like aspirin and bleed to death, ibuprofen, you can bleed to death, get kidney failure, heart failure, um, naproxen the same. And your doctor may prescribe stronger pain relievers if over-the-counter ones aren't worth opioid medications. So you can make you into, into a, uh, an addict. 
taking an appropriate doses provide acceptable control of pain. Actually, my doctor did try to hand me a narcotic. I took one or two of the pills, and I realized this was not working. Antidepressants and anticonvulsants. The doctors did not offer me that. Thank God back then. That would have really irritated me. Sometimes antidepressants such as Elevil, this is a bad one. It's very addictive, um, easily overdosed. You combine it with Benadryl, and it kills you. This is serious. And anticonvulsants such as gabapentin, Neurotin are used to treat pain that originates from a damaged nerve, neuropathic pain. Now, how did the nerve get damaged? We know how it got damaged. It got damaged from multiple venipuncture. It got damaged when the surgeon made the incision. Very clear. So here we have an iatrogenic condition being concealed and covered up and treated with what? Deadly medications. Corticosteroids, such as prednisone, may reduce inflammation, improve mobility in the affected limb, and of course, obviously, it deteriorates the immune system. You know, corticosteroids, we know, it destroys the liver, causes diabetes, causes hypertension, causes cataracts, bone fractures, a long list. And they'll give you bone loss medication. Your doctor might suggest medications to prevent or stall bone loss, such as alleginate. Now, again, why would he give this to you? Well, if we're going to give you steroids that cause bone loss, why not give you the bone loss medications to handle the steroid side effects? There you go. Conscientious doctor. The other thing, of course, is since you can't move the limb because the pain the doctor can't relieve, he might as well give you medications to help diminish bone loss. So we know that Fosamax, if you look at the uh, legal action, Fosamax um, deteriorates the bone in the jaw. So when you're chewing your dinner, your, your jaw cracks open. And then, of course, it improves um, mineralization of bones in the femoral neck. So there you go. Sympathetic nerve-blocking medication. To do a nerve block, what do you have? Another needle. You've got to put a needle in there. And so what do we have? Again, worsening, we can expect, of uh, reflex sympathetic dystrophy, or in this case, complex regional pain syndrome. They're one and the same. And so it's no wonder these people don't get better. And here, another slap in the face, intravenous ketamine. Studies show that low doses of intravenous ketamine, a strong anesthetic, may substantially alleviate pain. May, might. However, despite pain relief, there's no improvement in function. Okay. So these therapies are, are profoundly ineffective and dangerous, even deadly. Okay. And, of course, because many of them involve needles, they can be expected to worsen the underlying disease. Therapies, applying heat and cold. Don't need a doctor to do that, no, do you? Might relieve swelling and uh, sweating. They don't think it, it relieves any pain. Okay, no problem. Topical analgesics. Various topical treatments are available that reduce hypersensitivity, such as capsaicin cream, lidocaine patches, lidoderm. Now, these drugs, these topical drugs, pharmaceutical drugs, all contain a skin irritant to destroy, harm the skin, irritate the nerves, so that the drug can be delivered and more easily penetrate the skin. This is why when you buy a medicated patch, whether it's an estrogen patch or a smoking patch, and you put it on your skin and you take it off, you have a red mark there, the same size as the patch. Why? Because there's an irritant in the patch. So if we have a skin irritant, in this medication, what can we expect? Yes, we can expect it's going to 
irritate the sympathetic nervous system and worsen reflex sympathetic dystrophy or complex regional pain syndrome. So physical therapy, my doctor did recommend physical therapy. I went once. Again, it just didn't make any sense to me. And the physical therapist was pretty straightforward. You know, hey, this condition is incurable. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Here I was. I just had a baby. I couldn't even hold the baby because I only had one arm. So I didn't feel comfortable holding my own baby. And I couldn't even feed him because I only had one arm. Transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation, TENS units, chronic pain is sometimes, sometimes, what sometimes mean? Sometimes means a lot less than half of the time. It means not very often, sometimes. Uh, sometimes I walk in the rain. Not very often, but sometimes. Okay, so that's what sometimes is. So we're asking you to take transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation, a therapy that sometimes eases, doesn't eradicate, eases chronic pain, by applying electrical impulses to nerve endings. Again, this is uh, an irritating type therapy. Biofeedback. In some cases, learning biofeedback techniques may help. Biofeedback, you learn to become more aware of your body so you can relax your body and relieve pain. And then, of course, spinal cord stimulation. Doctor inserts tiny electrodes, inserts, okay, read needles, sticks needles in along your spinal cord. What can we expect from a disease started by venipuncture, started by poking needles in you? We're poking needles in you to help you get better. What can we expect? We can expect that you're probably going to get worse. So small electric current delivered to the spinal cord results in pain relief. And so recurrence of complex regional pain syndrome do occur. Recurrences do occur. Well, I guess so. I guess so. Sometimes due to a trigger such as exposure to cold or an intense emotional stressor. Recurrences may be treated with small doses of antidepressant or other medications. So, so in other words, recurrences, we're not going to put you through the whole full-court press here. We're just going to throw a pill at you. Okay, thank you. Lisa and I can stab you full of needles. We're going to say, hey, you know, we know that uh, we know what you got. We're not going to put you through the whole torture of the team. Coping and support. This is, this is, this is great. Does it say send your doctor a gift once you're cured? Jump for joy because of your positive outcome. No. It says living with a chronic painful condition can be challenging, especially when, as is often the case with complex regional pain syndrome, your friends and family don't believe you could be feeling as much pain as you describe. Share information from reliable sources. That means not the Internet, guys. (laughs) About complex regional pain syndrome with those close to you to help them understand what you're experiencing. So help them understand that you're going to be sick for a long time. Now, honestly, it took me six months, six months to regain use of my hand to where I could even scrawl my signature. Six months. That is incredible. All right. Someone in the chat room said they think this topic is, is, is complicated. It's not complicated. I'll make it very simple for you. You have a condition caused by the doctor poking you and stabbing you repeatedly with needles or slicing you. And this causes pain, which stays and ruins your whole life and gets worse and worse and worse. This is very simple. And then you're offered therapies that make it even worse yet. So this is, I'm trying to break this down. Okay, so that's that's the deal. Now what makes it complicated is all this 
uh, grandiose language that we see from the Mayo Clinic, number one hospital in the, in the country. Now, I'm telling you, this is number one hospital, which means all the other ones are a heck of a lot worse. Okay, so they want you to start a support group and talk to everyone about your troubles and wear your disease on your sleeve. Okay, got it. Prevention. Get this. Take vitamin C after a wrist fracture. Well, what if you didn't break your wrist? So studies have shown people who take a daily minimum of 500 milligrams of vitamin C after a wrist fracture had a lower risk of complex regional pain syndrome compared to those who didn't take vitamin C. What do we know about vitamin C? Well, vitamin C is an anti-parasite agent. We also know, by the way, that 500 milligrams of vitamin C is useless. So the person, people, people who got results probably took a lot more of it. Um, I'll just tell you right now, it took 3,000 milligrams or more. Early mobilization after a stroke. This is nonsense because most people who have this condition never had a stroke. All right. So that's all the Mayo Clinic has to say about it. Now, I told you guys that if you want the truth, go to .gov. And if you go to .gov, you always, always get the truth. So let's see what .gov has to say about it. Now, I had the .gov website up, but I lost it. So, reflex sympathy, reflex sympathetic dystrophy, according to the .gov website, and they're, they're very uh, you know straightforward about it, is that uh, it's not curable. They just say right out, it's not curable. Uh, here we are. Complex regional pain syndrome. That's what the government's calling it now. And and what they say is they're very, very clear that it's the condition affecting the limbs. Of course, they, they agree. And the again, they don't tell you this, but in other literature, it's very clear. The usual trauma is a venipuncture. And we were trained in medical school. That is just like a trivial. If anyone has any kind of issue with the venipuncture, why they have a mild mental illness, and that's all. So who can get it? Anyone can get it, any age, men and women, although more common in women. And uh, definitely, <laughs> if you're a woman having a baby and all the needles they give you, that would definitely explain to me why women have it more often. That's really how, um, how I got it. Now, the, the prognosis is that if a child or a teenager, they pretty much, most all of them get better. But if people get, be- get older, if older people get it, they tend not to, uh, not to improve as much. Like I said, in my case, it was uh, six months, and this person who wrote this note she suffered with it for several years, years. <laughs> the chat room, they said they can't believe this happened to me and they can't imagine I had a gimpy arm. Gimpy was not the word. Honestly, I had to take my right hand 
and lift my left hand whenever I wanted to uh, to put it any place. That was really the only way anything ever happened. So chronic.gov site. Uh, chronic regional pain syndrome varies in severity and duration. Studies of incidence and prevalence of the disease show that most cases are mild. Individuals recover gradually with time. In more severe cases, individuals may not recover and may have long-term disability. So it has... It, it simply has nothing to do, therapy in no way affects or influences the course of the disease. Anyone can get it. Children do not get it before age 5 and only very rarely before age 10, but it is not uncommon in teenagers. Most teenagers are getting it. So this is also a vaccine complication. Why? Again, sticking a needle in the limb. That's basically what we're talking about here. So people with this syndrome experience constant intermittent uh, pain, and they um, give the same list of symptoms. Now, what do they say for causes? This is interesting. Doctors are not sure what causes it. 90% of cases, the condition is triggered by clear history of trauma or injury. The most common triggers are soft tissue injuries, such as burns, cuts, or bruises, being in a cast, medical procedures such as needle stick, okay? This is why it's so important to go to a .gov website. They tell you everything because why? The folks making financial decisions, they need to go someplace where they get the truth. And here it is, needle sticks. And that is, by the way, the most uh, common cause that I'm aware of. So it represents an abnormal response that magnifies the effect of the injury. So abnormal response to being a puncher. And again, they tell us doctors this, this desensitizes us, so we're willing to put a um, person through multiple, multiple being a puncture. And if you have a cholesterol issue, you're getting uh, your arm stuck with a needle every three months. Why? To check your cholesterol level, monitor drugs, da 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 And the doctors are like, oh, it's, it's, it's nothing. This is just doesn't mean anything. But it, it's huge. I mean, um, if you have chronic uh, regional pain syndrome, it, it, it's really devastating. And so it, it affects the immune system, they say. Um, certain chemicals have been found in the tissues of people with this problem. And occasionally don't develop without any known injury. This is very rare. I did have one patient that had it. Um, and she had repetitive stress injury from work. And her whole arm was uh, painful, swollen, and paralyzed. How is it diagnosed? Currently, there's no single diagnostic test. This is, thank you. So all those tests we read about in the Mayo Clinic site, useless. Um, there is no test. Diagnosis is based on the individual's medical history and signs and symptoms. So in other words, it's based on what the patient complains about in looking at the arm. That's it. So all those tests on the Mayo Clinic site, number one hospital in the country, were just... Uh, Money makers, and just to help rule out other conditions such as arthritis syndromes. The arthritis syndrome—you just, you know, touch the joint. Reflex sympathetic dystrophy does not affect the joints; it's the part in between that's affected. So that's another piece of information. It's over the joint; it's not not the joint. And it's easy to by touching actually the only difference. Evidence imaging or triple phase bone scans—that means needles and dyes sometimes identify characteristic changes in the bone metabolism. What's the prognosis? Here we go. Here it is. 
The outcome of this varies from person to person. Almost all children and teenagers have good recovery. Occasionally, individuals are left with unremitting pain and crippling irreversible changes despite treatment. Anecdotal evidence suggests early treatment, particularly rehabilitation, is helpful in limiting a disorder. But get this. This benefit has not yet been clinical studies. In other words, we have no proof that any therapy is effective. Yet, on the Mayo Clinic site, they recommend drug after drug after drug after intervention, and there's no proof that any of it is effective. According to .gov, hey, their information, not mine. How is it treated? Following therapies are often used. There it is. Following therapies are often Nothing about Effectiveness. Rehabilitation therapy. A therapy. They stab you with these needles, upset your nervous system and your immune system, and then give you psychotherapy. So I'll bore you with all this details. I think you've got the gist of it. Currently being done about chronic regional pain syndrome. Well, same all of them. They're researching and get these addresses. This is my favorite. I mean, Regional Sympathetic Dystrophy Hope Organization. Hope. Hope. You got the medics calling or you get it at the at church. You know, that's where you get hope from. And so what the male clinic is advocating is all this testing, all this therapy, none of it was any evidence a benefit to the patient. All of it was lots of positive side effects. And this is how murder by medicine happened. You have disease after disease with no cause, no cure, multiple interventions, um, each one with death as a possible side effect and no benefit in sight. So how did this person finally RSD? Well, first of all, what was that rivet them? Dear Dr. Downs, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I suffered a very painful condition called Complex regional syndrome. It was a more research, as I love Mr. Google. <laughs> I found that 20 people who were tested on syndrome all had bacteria found out in a tutor. I never thought I could exercise or clean my backyard ever this lifetime. It was so much struggle. As I am so passionate about nature, and after years of drastic drug intake, then an angel like you comes along who sacrifices her career for truth and clear the picture at least. My lady, I am pain-free for the first time since 2007. Thanks to you. God bless you, your family, and truth. Thank you. Yours sincerely from Sydney, Australia. Turpentine. Turpentine. Now, how did I mean? I got rid of my sympathetic dystrophy. I was very ignorant. This was way back before I found turpentine. And so I exercised my way out of it, exercised my way out of it, massaged my way out of it. I was also vegetarian at the time. I had a sort of uh, clean diet. And that's how I got my way out of it, which took me six months. When I got into medical practice and discovered uh, turpentine in Vicks, I started using Vicks because it was difficult to, um, back in the 90s, convince people to use turpentine. 
apply copper use Vix vapor rub, which contains turpentine, and they would apply that, and that would take care of their reflex sympathetic dystrophy or complex regional pain syndrome. And still, there's no cause, there's no cure. Uh, check out the Mayo Clinic site, number one hospital in the country. So, in the chat room, we have some questions. Let's just see if we have some questions online. You know, I have so many screens open. I have to find the one that has the radio show. Hmm. So, let's take a look at room questions. Okay, the chat room says, Turpentine to the rescue. All right, chat room people says, so this could have happened to me any time over the last year of donating plasma? Can the same thing result from vaccines and those casual shots back to the office? Absolutely, absolutely. And this is the basis for um, doctors being told that patients get this and respond to in response to trivial um, injuries, and so we are reminded that uh, venous puncture is trivial. And you know, um, you know, you don't need to have some sonic assent form for me, for Christ's sake. I mean, the doctor's office for, of course, doctors do venous puncture. But again, this is this is the way we're trained. We're, we're trained to be totally, uh, I won't say insensitive. I think the word is abusive. You know, we doctors are trained to be totally abusive. So people in the chat room have a question. You can uh, raise your hand and answer one. We've got eight minutes left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a uh, Hi. Your name and your question? Mm-hmm. Hello. Location in Richard. Yes. Um, I don't know if anyone there tonight for tomorrow. Yes, I'm here. Yes, I do have have a a question. question? Yes, I do have a question. Mm -hmm. My wife. Yes, what is is it? Is a first trimester, and uh, she's uh, have a sign. Yes. Yeah, she have a sign of. Anemic. She, she said, did, I mean, the doctor told her that she has a trace of anemic. She's not full-blown anemic. So I was wondering, can she still, can I still give her like, green kamut, um, wheatgrass to, uh, you know, because she's concerned that, you know, to be taking certain herbs while she's pregnant, would that affect the baby or cause her to lose the baby? So I was um, wondering if she can still take um, wheatgrass and, and certain uh, herbs. And when she takes iron, she gets okay, constipated. Okay, you got, yeah, okay. Oh, she's constipated too. Okay, all right. All right, this person has a couple of problems. Um, thing is, when the doctor tells you um, you don't have a disease yet, but I'm hoping to, I'm hoping I find it soon, you've got a real problem. You need to find a different doctor. This Your wife is in, is in, is in danger. That's number one. Number two, she's not anemic. The doctor is very clear about that she's not anemic. And um, 
Three, you do have to worry uh, and a little bit of concern about uh, what kind of herbs you give a pregnant lady. Um, I personally think that while you're pregnant, it's not any any time to be detoxing unless you have a severe pregnancy complication. For example, if you have an impending miscarriage, lose the baby, if you're having vaginal bleeding, okay, fine, intervene. But if the person is having what appears to be a normal pregnancy, she's eating, she's getting fat, um, and she's doing fine, then I think no intervention at all, either way, left or right, uh, you know, as you were. The only thing science uh, research shows is the prenatal vitamins are not a benefit, so she can feel free to use other vitamins at the store. So the question is, what do you do about this almost anemia? Um, from a natural point of view, um, beets and greens together, in other words, giving her just plain wheatgrass would not be a good idea. That would probably worsen her anemia because the rate-limiting factor for making red blood cells for a pregnant lady usually is iron, and you're going to get the iron in the beets. I'd recommend the beets. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Yes. Do you have a question? Um, hi, Dr. Daniels. Um, I I was just wanting to speak to you for a moment. I don't really have a question right now. Um, I've been enjoying your talks for um, quite a few weeks now, and um, it falls in lockstep with what I've been teaching for many years, and uh, just a couple of things I differ on, but I'm really impressed with you, and I appreciate you putting your information out on the radio, on the internet, and uh, making it available to people. And I just want to encourage everyone out there listening um, that they give consideration to the words that you say because um, everyone in this world needs to have their eyes opened and you are speaking much truth that people need to be aware of and need to implement this into their life. Um, And I'm just grateful. I really appreciate what you're doing and I hope I can talk to you again in the future. All right. Thank you very much. Now, this question brings a big point. What I would, you know, I'm sharing my my uh, experiences, and I'm hoping that people are really inspired to uh, get involved in their own lives, you know, and um, make the so-called big decisions because <laughs> these doctors are being trained to lie to you. And if you see what's going on there at the Mayo Clinic, again, number one hospital in the country. Um, they're they're giving a bunch of tests. They're even guided by the um, .gov standards. Are totally uninformative and irrelevant to the condition. Uh, and they're using a bunch of therapies according to .gov website. The government are totally ineffective. And so, you know, of course, one could you know have the the guts to just um, turn the other way, ignore the whole ball of wax. Uh, of course, that's what I've done. I, I don't have health insurance. I don't go to hospitals except to, you know, visit friends, as a courtesy or something, say hi, give them some comfort. Um, but, I, I, you know, I stay away from the hospital, and I don't have insurance. Now, for many people, that's a leap. Okay, gotcha. But ask the doctor, is this therapy going to cure me? And if he says no, then, like, what are you taking it for? What's the point? So, you know, exercise, uh, we used to call it Wharton. I went to Wharton Business School executive decision-making. In other words, decide, you decide if the therapy is effective, uh, not how you're going to fit it into your schedule to take it. 
So make an executive decision. Promote yourself to the chief executive of your, of your life. Okay, so, uh, by the way, go visit VitalityCapsules.com. There's replays there. Um, you can sign up for a discovery session. There's a chance to talk to me about uh, natural hidden concerns you might have. I do have a uh, 16-week program called Spontaneous Healing Inner Circle. I have several people now that uh, I'm assisting. I do have some spaces available, not a lot. So um, sign up for a discovery session. Um, check, uh, check that out. And um, you might be able to get involved in um, spontaneous healing. Okay. Okay. So someone in the chat room is wondering about homemade um, turpentine candy. Um, there used to be turpentine candy on the market, um, uh, turpentine cough drops as well. So, yes, yeah, so there is such a thing. Uh, we used to be very big. Candy, ginger, delicious. A lot cheaper to make it, but it's a bad idea. Yes. Candy ginger, I found there's so much sugar in it that uh, the sugar outweighs the benefits. I don't recommend it. And that is it for tonight. We are done this week. We will see you again next week and talk about the top 100 drugs and, like, who wants to know? And so we're going to take take a look at the economic side of the top prescribed drugs and what that means for you in terms of your health and your chances of being murdered by medicine. So... We'll see you next week. Oh, disclaimer, whatever you may have heard tonight wasn't medical therapy or information. It's not in medical school. Okay, good night.